Hello and welcome back to Misrepresented. I'm your host, Lisa Opie, and you can tell that we changed our setup a little bit because we are coming to you from Cedar Edge, Colorado. And I was thinking since I'm spending time with my family, why not have my little sister Erica Opie on because she is so incredible. So welcome, Erica. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. You know what? I feel like it's a long time coming because I know that you wanted to start a podcast and now you're kind of experiencing podcast life. What do you think so far? It's actually really fun, like setting up and seeing all the behind the scenes that goes on to all of this was actually really, really cool to see. And I'm learning a lot. So I'm really excited to start my own. Yeah, you can cheat off my notes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm happy to help you with anything. I know you are. You've always been. <laughs> so before we um, start talking about anything, because I know we have so much to dive into, we yeah. do have to thank Pink Apple Dresses for dressing up for this dressing us for this episode. I love yours. It's so like military chic. I know, and I love yours. Thank you. I love it. Okay, so... I think what I want to talk about first is Miss Universe Japan because you were a finalist at Miss Universe Japan and also Miss Earth Japan. So what is pageantry like in Japan? I know you've experienced it in America. So what is the difference? Well, the main difference is that I experienced American pageantry through behind the scenes. So I've only competed in Japan. Um, but what, from what I can tell is that it's a lot more intense in the States. Pageantry is not as well known in Japan yet. So really? yeah, it's really not. I thought they were like huge in Asia, but I guess the not Philippines, Japan. like okay. Southeast Asia, not so much Japan. Like I'll tell them about Miss Universe, but no one knew what Miss Earth was yet. Like it was only Miss Universe. I was like the super big one. Okay. So yeah, that was the biggest difference was that there wasn't a lot of support. Like they're like, oh, like good luck, but yeah. Like, like, what is it? Yeah, I like, didn't realize how much work and like how much goes into pageantry. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm a finalist. And they're like, what does that mean? Like, they just don't know a lot about it yeah. yet. So it's kind of, yeah, we have to work on getting that more well known over there. Um, I think the coolest thing about pageantry in Japan is that you guys don't pay anything, right? You apply, mm -hmm. you get approved, and then you get all this training just for being a finalist. That was Everything Miss is Earth. like, okay. I think Miss Earth didn't become. Um, they didn't make us pay a lot of money, but Miss Universe Japan, they did have a training fee, which oh, I did. cannot disclose. Oh, you can't? <laughs> I cannot disclose. <laughs> but I'm your sister. I know. I can tell you about it later. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. So but. tell me what's it like mm -hmm. competing. What was that like? So uh, Miss Universe Japan was last year and Miss Earth was two years ago. So I don't have much memory of Miss Earth, but Miss Universe Japan was intense. Um, obviously, Miss Universe is the biggest like the most well-known pageant. So the girls there also were like, I'm here to win. So that environment was really, really, it was really good. It was like good rivalry. Everyone was really super nice. There was no drama. At least if there was, I wasn't involved. Um, but they were all really, there were such good like women to be around. The director's a woman who's super into women empowerment. And she really emphasizes how Miss Universe Japan is a woman-led organization love that and, so, and that's probably like really incredible for japan it really is it really is we need that a lot over there and so yeah it was just really good the training was intense it was every saturday sunday for four months really <laughs> yep so, so your whole weekends for four months you don't have a life no like i didn't i would work like monday through friday and then sunday uh, saturday sunday was just training and you were in heels all day and <laughs> well, it's good because then by the time like pageant weekend comes around, your feet are already used to it. Exactly. You I have the blisters. No, like, no, I had like calluses on okay, the bottom good. of so my feet. They're already there. You don't feel anything. Yep. And I try to keep that going throughout the winter because <laughs> I so, want to do it again. Every weekend for four months, like, what do you guys do? So there's a lot of walking. There's okay. a lot of walking. Um, and then some communication, of course, like QA. QA came a little bit later. At first, they were trying to get us, like, introduce ourselves, how to do that properly for interviews. 
Um, and then fashion was another big one my year. This past year, or this year, um, they didn't put an emphasis on fashion so much. They had a coordinator who would tell you what to wear. So it was okay. like jeans and like a white shirt. Like you had to wear some sort of fashion coordinated to that, what you planned for that week. But mm-hmm. my year, it was all just free. You could wear whatever you wanted to. <gasps> pink and... apple dresses. No, literally. Like, y'all, like can you sponsor us, please? Because <laughs> me included, some people kind of struggled with fashion in the beginning. Later on, you kind of caught on. But in the yeah. beginning, there were some girls who were like, go change. And they would have to go buy new stuff that day. Oh like gosh. they were like, you can't train in that. Doesn't look good. So, and plus, we have a whole YouTube channel, a whole YouTube production. We have a documentary. So we were on camera. What? So they were like, you have to come, knowing like Miss Universe. And so, yes. in the beginning, it was a little rough for a lot of us. <laughs> but I think like they're onto something because I feel like you have to show up as the winner. Exactly from day one. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Not on stage. Yes. And so that was really good to get that out of the way first. Um, so it's like a lot of fashion how you stand, your nails, you would check your nails a lot, um, hair and makeup, obviously. And just your overall like stance and everything was super like, you, you, yeah, we got a lot of corrections on our posture. You live in Japan. What is that like? I know you grew up in America mm-hmm. and then you moved. So yes. tell me about all of that. So the move was intense. I didn't quite think it through at first. I had just graduated college and I was like, I'll just move to Japan. Can't be that hard. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. give, give some background, right? So we're both half yes, Japanese, okay. and I feel like she came out full Japanese, like came out fully white, right? So she took my half. I took her half. Like, yeah, yeah that's just how the DNA worked yeah. out. Um, and so since about high school, I was really interested in my mom's culture because I felt like being half and bilingual, I should be able to experience both countries just as much. And so. Yeah, that was my inspiration. And I knew that once I had moved or had start working here in America, I would not be able to move as easily. So I took that graduation as like a mark where I just finished something in America and I can go start something new. And so I just picked my stuff up and moved. Was it hard finding a job? It wasn't because English. <laughs> Speaking, being able to speak English is really big over there. So mm-hmm. I knew that if anything, I could fall back onto teaching English. And I that was my plan to begin with. So I had graduated with a degree in English to be able to uh, teach English in countries abroad. So not just Japan. I wanted to start in Japan because I can already speak the language, but I can use that and go to any other country and teach English, worst case. So it was like a backup plan. <laughs> so is that what you do full-time now? That is not what I do full-time now. Um, I'm actually a professional pole dancer because of my gymnastics background. Um, I did gymnastics for about 20 years like you're really good I've like you been doing it for like a long time <laughs> a long time and so when I started working and just like sitting in an office all day and teaching in classrooms I was like this isn't fun and I want to exercise more and I can teach when I'm older well like, I can teach when I'm older and not as like you know like active and but while I'm still young and I can still move mm-hmm. and do handstands and stuff I was like I really want to try something new. And I've had my eye on pole dancing as a sport for a long, long time. I saw a competition when I was in high school, like on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it was like a competition. There were scores. It was like a sport. And it was like really intense. And I thought that was crazy. I mean, I feel like it goes hand in hand with gymnastics. So yeah. I have to ask, you know, pole dancing, people are like strippers, right? So how is that looked at in Japan? Like culturally, is it looked down on or is it embraced? Um, actually, it's starting to be more embraced. If I say I'm a pole dancer, they kind of look at it as more of a sport because mm-hmm. I think uh like you know stripping culture didn't it wasn't quite a thing over there we brought that more so to um the eastern side of the world so 
um, if I say it's like for sport or like for as an art, they actually open to it. And I feel I get more judgment on that topic in America than I do so in Japan. Wow, that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Yes, it's, it's, it's nice. So I want to dive into skin, right? So I, backstory, yes. I made, pretty much like told Eric, I was like, you have to do pageants in Japan. And she finally was like, okay, finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would not be here for <laughs> Felisa. Like, but I was like, ooh, project. Like, yeah. I just always wanted my little sister to do it. So I was coaching her through it. And you've always struggled with eczema. And I was like, Erica, you need to cover those up for a stage because mm-hmm. Japan's not ready. So tell me about the revolutionary brave things that you did. Okay, so yeah, pageantry, I never thought I would be in it because I obviously saw you doing them as I was growing up, but I didn't think it was for me because um, I, doing gymnastics at the time, I was a lot more muscular. I didn't think I had the right body or anything, and I feel like at the time it wasn't as inclusive as it is now. And so, and then once I got to Japan and I had some free time, I think it was during uh, COVID where I was off of work for a little bit and I was kind of bored and Lisa was like you should try a pageant and so I entered in Miss Earth and I got accepted and I was like oh my gosh we're gonna do this Lisa help me (laughs) um and she did she helped me a lot but the one thing was she said I should cover up my skin and I I wanted to but there was also a part where like I need to find a platform and I didn't know what to do for that yet and then I was like why not skin maybe like skin positivity and being able to go out and you know wear whatever you want to because that was something I could not do when I was younger um and a lot of Asians have eczema it's actually like quite a lot I forgot the percentage off the top of my head but more than 50% of Asians have eczema it's like a big number and so I don't know why it's not talked about a lot over there because if I say I have eczema they're like oh yeah me too and really, but they cover it they all cover up. it all up with makeup, clothing, because obviously, um, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but Japan is a more modest culture, so mm-hmm. they have, you know, they wear longer skirts in even in the summertime, and so it's all easier to cover it up over there. But I didn't want to wear longer skirts. I kind of, I don't know, I was like, you should be able to show your skin if you want to, and so that was what I decided to do as my platform, and so. On the day of Miss Earth, I didn't wear anything on my body, and it, it looked a lot worse than it does even now. But it was like you were in the middle of a flare-up, probably from was, the stress <laughs> of the pageant. No, it was just bad. Was, oh my gosh, there's this girl. Sorry, we're gonna go. We're gonna fly to this universe. There was another girl who has eczema, but hers started when she um, became an adult. And but we were like the eczema buddies because we we're like Aww. we got each other. Yeah. And hers was also about her skin and how she dealt with it after not having it her um her younger life, and so. There was, um, we saw each other after the competition and we both looked so good. We were like, oh my God, your skin looks amazing. Oh and we were both gosh. like, it was the stress from training. <laughs> we both knew what it was from. So the training got you home through. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it was. But, wow. um, but yeah, the stress obviously has a factor, but yeah, the day of the competition, I didn't cover anything up on my legs. It's still on YouTube. So tell us about the judge that came up to you after. Oh my gosh, yeah, there was a judge that came up to me after the reception, like, yeah, reception party afterwards, and, you know, we're, our feet are already dying, and obviously I'm not in, like, the best mood because feet are dying, didn't place, like, it was, like, a whole thing, but this judge came up to me in, like, table of friends, and he was like, so does it get better? Like, why didn't you cover it up? Like, are you sure it doesn't get better? And I was like, yeah, it's eczema, it's not... It's like a hereditary skin condition. It's chronic. There's no cure. And if, if you choose treatment, then it's just steroids and you're just on steroids for the rest of your life. And I did not want to do that. And so I was like, I'm just going to let it breathe and do what it wants to do. Like, I've just, I've accepted the fact that I have this. I don't know why you guys can't. But he seemed, he seemed like he was coming from a good place. But mm-hmm. it, the way he kind of asked the questions was like, are you sure you can't like, yeah, get like, better? Yeah. And I was like, 
if I could get better, I wouldn't be here like this. Because you performed incredibly. Thank and you. I feel like it was just that the judges were like, they've never seen yep. anything like that before. And they're yep. like, what's going on? Does she have chicken pox? Like- no, like, exactly, exactly. That's kind of what it was probably. Oh With gosh, the light, the stage lighting too, it didn't help. The best but- thing that you ever said was like, let's normalize normal skin because it is so normal. And as a makeup artist in mm-hmm. pageants, like I would say like 30% of pageant girls, maybe mm-hmm. 20, have eczema or something with their skin psoriasis and they all want to cover it up they always want to cover it up you know and they're like yeah i tried so hard to get it under control Mm -hmm. and so the fact that you're out there being like you know this is how you can also look is so brave like i'm so proud of you it wasn't i just remember like that's my platform and i know if there's even one person who i can help yeah then it's worth standing on this stage for and even me just telling my clients that like you did that at miss I want to say Miss Universe, but Miss Earth mm-hmm. in Japan, they're like, wow, that's so amazing. I wish I could do that. Yeah, so. So, yeah I'm really yeah, glad I could huge. help them in that way. Like, yeah, it's no, it's just skin. You know, we all have a little problems. No one yeah. has perfect skin, and we all know that. So I don't know why people try to cover it so much. That's on a daily basis. Like pageantry, I understand that, you know, you can want, mm-hmm. kind of want to cover it up. But I feel like you should be able to free, feel free enough to wear whatever you want to just out and about because – what about like Kim Kardashian? Like, you know how she has psoriasis mm-hmm. and she's open about it. Does that help you to it know does. that somebody like that also mm-hmm. has that struggle? Mm-hmm. It really does. Wow. I think we need a lot more people coming out with like, I have acne, I have cystic acne, I have rosacea, mm-hmm. I have eczema. I think we do need a lot more representation in that area for sure. So it does help a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up with you. I know how bad it was. It was, like, bad, Erica. Like, I would, like, worry about you. I'm like, is she going to be okay? But you've really, like, I don't know what you've done to get to this point. So, like, what is the treatment like? Like, mm-hmm. what have you tried? Mm-hmm. And, like, what has worked for you? Okay, so this is kind of going to be a long one. But I had this thing called topical stare withdrawal. And it's not very well known. I didn't know what it was. But it's basically when your skin gets addicted to steroids. And so it just craves the steroids. So it just wants more and more. So when you don't put steroids on, it flares up. Oh, no. Like so much more worse than like a regular eczema flare up. And the difference is that like if I put on steroids on regular eczema, then it would calm down for a couple of days or weeks and it would flare up and I can put it back on. But this one, it would be like immediate. Like I just <gasps> need steroids, steroids, steroids. Like it would just constantly flare. And it got to the point where like my, yeah, my skin just needed steroids. And so I had two choices. One was to do steroids in my entire life or get off of steroids and kind of let my skin figure itself out. And I decided I didn't want to do steroids for the rest of my life. And so I did the withdrawal how bad was it worst experience of my entire life I, oh, <laughs> I know. it was You've so been bad so much. but the thing is even though like to this day that is the worst thing I've ever been through but it was the it was so worth it because now all that like eczema dead skin that was like addicted to the steroids like flaked off like peeled off oh of me gosh. and I came out with a lot like better new skin wow. and so right now I'm at a point where I only get flare-ups during the spring season because I also have hay fever so when the allergies and the pollen are all in the air yeah. my eyes get itchy and like the regular like inner elbow eczema kind of comes up but that's all I have to deal with and that's wow. so much better than the anything whole body, else right like did you have it on your whole body I know you had it on your face I had it on legs, my face arms neck like stomach area inner elbows behind the knees it was all really bad yeah yep (laughs) so what brought you to this point was it just getting off of the steroids and just going through the worst and that's how you got like super that did help a lot obviously I think emotional health and mental health took a big part too Mm -hmm. um we have a younger sister who also deals with 
a little bit of eczema and hers flares when she's in like a stressful situation. And so um, also for me, if I'm really stressed, I can kind of go, I can kind of get a little flushed. And it sounds so, like it could be an endless cycle though, because like once could. you get the flare up and then you get stressed about it and then it gets worse. Yep. So <laughs> it's, it's like a so, downward spiral. <laughs> yep, exactly. So it's really important for me to like stay calm yeah. and not uh, be so stressed about things, kind of just go with the flow and let things kind of pass. Um, so that was something that I've had to learn was to just not be so stressed all the time which has helped a lot in a lot of other ways yeah but probably um, living in japan has helped your mental health a little bit so much so <laughs> much i love living there guys <laughs> um so tell me about your diet did that help at all or is veganism something else um so i did um start veganism based on the eczema because i watched a youtube video trying to figure out how to heal eczema and there was this one youtuber who said who said that a plant-based animal uh free diet helped her eczema and so i was like we'll try it. I'm desperate. We'll do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I, I cut out meat first and then I cut out dairy and eggs. Um, and I think it did help. It helped more for like mentally, honestly, because I, after doing more research about veganism, I realized that I don't want to hurt animals. Like I love animals so yeah. much and I did not feel good. I work hard for my money and I don't want that to go like, I don't want to pay for animals to be hurt and killed. And so that was more of an emotional mental thing for me more so than anything else. Um, cause I think if I, once in a while, like I'll misread something and like, especially being in Japan, it's kind of hard to be vegan. Mm -hmm. And there's so there's fish and everything. Exactly. So if I have a little bit of animal product, it doesn't influence my skin as much, even dairy. And so I think for me personally, my eczema did not affect too much from veganism or not, but you, I think you can try it, totally try it. Cause I know that dairy can flare up your skin, if not eczema, like acne as well. So I think it's worth trying, but for me, I'm staying vegan for simply just my own emotional <laughs> health more than anything else. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So give me three things that like shocked you when you moved to Japan. Trains. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The trains are so amazing. And I think that could just be a simple like city versus countryside difference, but the Japanese train system is insane. You guys like on time so fast i can go anywhere no problem don't need a license it's just so nice to be able to go somewhere like kind of multitasking because if you're driving in america you have to focus on driving and can't multitask mm -hmm. but on the train i can do some work so I you can, can stay productive exactly and i love that so much and if something happens to the train it's not my responsibility so yeah. <laughs> it feels really good um so that's definitely one another one how Gosh. about like finding a man uh, <laughs> okay uh or just so, dating in japan what is that like um so i've only had one boyfriend since uh being in japan and we definitely found each other through just chance we just happened to work at the same school and i don't know it was different but the thing is my other i've had my past relationships have also been very international mm -hmm. so i don't have a good like base of like what it's like to date an american but I don't know. But it's, you just don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, it's been it's been really good. And the biggest difference definitely is that my boyfriend, my current boyfriend, also lived in Australia for a year and a half, and so he understands that I'm more of a Western mindset. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm obviously trying to incorporate as much Eastern culture as I can, but there are some parts of me where it's definitely like it's definitely more American than Japanese. Yeah. And so, but he's able to understand that. So I think. I even I was even worried about dating a Japanese person at first because I knew how like tell me about like their traditional be. like cultural expectations of a woman and what is the woman's place in a household in Japan like traditionally not what you want it to be but what is the reality? 
Uh, so traditionally is, you know, they're stay-at-home moms, they cook, they clean, they have dinner ready for their husbands. And this is something I've seen in my uncle's house who lives um, still in Japan where my it's mom my grew up. my uncle too. Oh, you're <laughs> – Yeah. In our uncle's house. And so, yeah, he comes home, dinner's ready. She has, like, his drink made. Mm. Like, everything's good. She takes the kids to school. She does all of the things around the house. All my uncle does is goes, he goes to work, makes the money, comes home. And, and just, provides. Yep, yeah. that's all it is. And, like, that's totally fine if it works for sure. But I think I'm not a cooker. <laughs> I am not the best cook. And I don't really <laughs> like to cook. I, I like to bake. Um, and so having dinner ready as an expectation for me, I probably would struggle, honestly. Yeah. So I think it's best, definitely good to, uh, you know, talk it out with your mm -hmm. partner and see what works best for you guys. Um, so in our case, he actually loves to cook, which helps so much. Lucky you. I know. He cooks really good. He's been cooking for us right? all year. So. Yes. Love the food. So then in return, though, I do most of the cleaning because I do like to organize. Like Marie Kondo, I am all about throwing stuff away. And so I keep the area clean and organized. And so that's kind of where we took the balance. Mm -hmm. But so – it really helps that he's kind of flexible like that where he's not so traditional and expects me to do all the cooking and all the household chores. Yeah. And so we can kind of work it out and that really helps a lot. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I think we're almost out of time, mm -hmm. but you said Marie Kondo and throwing stuff away and I know you're <laughs> all about the environment, right? Yes. So, okay. Question, because I don't know if you identify as millennial or Gen Z, but in the social media era, yeah. we have this like crazy content creator culture where everybody wants to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. And now with TikTok shops, right? There's people that can be an affiliate on TikTok shops and yeah, promote a product. It's a really big thing. Everybody yeah. is content creating or whatever they're doing, yep. influencing and trying to sell these cheap products mm -hmm. from China for super cheap. Yep. And I feel like it's leading to overconsumption. Oh, for sure. So I know you are also like an influencer <laughs> yourself and so am I. So how do you feel about what's happening there? Uh, so yeah, overconsumption is definitely not good. There's already so much stuff in the world. I'm a huge advocate for buying secondhand. I love going to the thrift stores, mm -hmm. especially in Japan. They got some good fashion at thrift stores. So yeah, I would totally go thrifting in Japan. Yep. Oh my yep. It's really fun. So I've, I've had, I've found some really good bargains, some good dresses, clothes. I actually went through my entire universe wardrobe through a thrift store. Like I hope you told the judges about that because that's like really cool. You're like, did yeah. I? Because that's part of my life. I mean, they didn't ask me that though, like during the interview. Yeah. Like, they didn't well, ask me. So they asked amazing. me more about my skin and my yeah. language is more than anything. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get to quite talk about that. But I bought like a good portion of my dresses through that I wore to training from a thrift store. And so, yeah, Japan is one of the places to be for thrifting yeah and um, they're also very eco-conscious exactly yeah. yeah they have um you have to pay for plastic bags now and everything so you know have your eco bag on you yeah. and so yeah I it's feel really, like they're nice. really like paving the way as mm -hmm. far as like totally environmental health yes goes, all yes. around the world yeah so, and, and i think people are following japan's i hope so yeah. <laughs> yeah so i really i am excited for where you know this eco-friendly lifestyle kind of takes all of us mm -hmm. um but yeah if you you don't you shouldn't be buying things that you don't actually need and if you do need them then totally get it of course yeah but i think just just a little bit of thought could help a lot <laughs> okay so this is my favorite part of the show ah, here we We're go the rapid fire Q &A, okay and this is really fun because i actually had kate uh, your boyfriend put these together <laughs> i know i have no idea what he asked hold on okay so let's see i don't either i'm looking at these for the first time so let's okay. see okay first question yes. christmas or new year's christmas okay pageant stage or modeling runway modeling runway interview or on stage question Ooh. interview yeah same mm -hmm. beach or mountains beach 
<laughs> I, I know I knew you were gonna say that. Like, I knew, I knew, I knew it. But I just, I love the beach. You guys are so weird. I really? swear, it's only me and Angel Strong that have said mountains. Everyone else is beach, beach, beach. And I'm really, like, but I live by the beach. I mean, the thing is, I it's not like I don't like mountains. I love being here, but I think it's just like the cold. I like, yeah, because dry skin and everything. What comes with it. the mountains? The yeah. beach is just a little more moist, so it kind of helps me. And also, the beach water helps my eczema so much. Oh, I bet. Yeah, so that's why I love being in the beach. It's like a healing session for my skin yeah. so yeah that's I'm a mountain girly. <laughs> we know just one of the very few <laughs> coffee or tea tea for sure okay mascara or falsies falsies lisa lashes yes i was so excited <laughs> to wear these today <laughs> love them yes um reels or tiktok tiktok urban or rural vacation vacation probably rural okay I and think. here we are yeah exactly um because i live in the city so <laughs> okay this is where case starts actually. okay so here I we go. the other ones were mine okay. japanese or english ah honestly recently sometimes we're japanese for some reason Nihongo. Nihongo <laughs> Hi. gymnastics or ballet or dance Ooh. gymnastics okay gymnastics or pole dance <laughs> at this stage in life pole dance <laughs> okay dogs or birds Ooh, that's hard. He knows me. I know I'm like bird. Like <laughs> he really knows you more than I do. I would never I love, put birds. You know, me and Christy have a bunch of birds. Yeah. Like, I only have to say birds because I do have an animal dander allergy. So, but I do love my dogs. Homeschool or public school? Ooh, homeschool all the way. Boots or shoes? Let's do boots or heels. Boots or he- heels. Okay. 100%. Jeans or skirt? Jeans. I think oh, I, she's wearing a skirt. I know. Like, I was like, I was like, it's gonna sound like kind of, uh, but I don't yeah. have a lot of skirts. This I have is a lot of jeans. This is, exactly. Thanks, um, Pink Apple. Book smart or street smart? Like in like a partner, I would probably say street smart. What about in yourself? In myself, street smart. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, academia was you know really important in the past, but I think now being able to like be a good person is so much more important than being able to like solve a math problem so that's yeah. so true mm-hmm. that's so true and book smart people can be annoying sometimes. exactly because i was gonna say book smart that's like the right answer no 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 it's, no, 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 it's like, I feel like i should smart. answer that especially with like asian background where you're like we have to answer book smart but Man, i can't read the next one i can't even answer this one this is tough okay rice or noodles <laughs> oh my god hold on Noodles. Me too. Noodles okay, for yeah. me because pasta, pad thai, ramen, pho, everything. Udon. Best. Yeah, udon, ramen. Okay, I can go on forever. Yeah, exactly. Rice is just rice. So, yeah. Last one, earrings or necklace? Earrings. Or engagement ring. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It does look a little empty. <laughs> okay, so where can we follow your journey and just stalk you? Okay, so my Instagram is just erica underscore opie. And I do have a video on YouTube where I talk about my eczema experience. I have two of them that you guys could probably watch if you're more interested about skin. Um, I don't have forgot the name, but it's linked in my Instagram. So if you find my Instagram, you can find everything else. We'll link it in the video. Exactly. Yeah. And then TikTok is also, I think, Eric underscore Opie. And I talk more about just daily life, but I'm thinking of doing more about skin and like international relationships. And so, yeah. That's where it is now. And if I, I start a podcast, then it'll be on some of those sites. So I'm sure it's you'll know. It's not an if, right? So we're going to go on Instagram. Yes. And then you better have me as a guest because now you'll know. Yes, one. please. I know. Please. I would love that. Yay. I would love so many questions for Lisa, you guys. Oh, my gosh. How like, fun. yeah, I would love to have you on. Yay. Well, yeah. thank you so much for no, coming. Thank Erica. you. Of course. Yay. Anytime. So happy. Thank you, guys.